Welcome to Illicit Liaisons, where every Tuesday we talk about the good, the bad, and the naughty of romance fiction. My name is Jenna Hart, and I'm a romance author and also the owner of SwoonworthyHEA.com, an online community for hopeless romantics just like me to come together and talk about romance fiction. I hope that you will stop by because we have groups that talk about all the different genres of romance fiction. You can share your favorite books. You can come and learn about more books. We have a group that shares book promos and places to get free books and so much more. Please come by, create your free profile. It gets you automatically entered into monthly contests and uh, the podcast is there. There's just so many great things going on. I hope that you will come by to swoonworthyhea.com and check it out. Today's episode is a conversation with my fellow writer, Ellen Butler, where we talk about the stigma of romance fiction. Because once I started writing romance and reading romance, it was something I sort of kept to myself because I knew that people poo-poo this genre. But when I really started to think about why that happens, I began to get a little defensive, I suppose, because really, what's wrong with love? Everybody's looking for it. So why is it always so dismissed? And you'll be able to hear that conversation between me and Ellen There's some pretty hilarious parts in it. Uh, We both have some interesting takes on why there is the stigma and whether or not maybe it's starting to change. Before I get to that, though, I did want to share just a little bit about what this podcast is going to be all about, as well as why I have started it and swoonworthyhea.com. Because the truth is, I am a social person, and living in a pandemic is not ideal for people like me who like to get out to book festivals and writing conferences and hang around people who love books. I really, really miss that. I can't even tell you how much I miss that. And so when I began to look at, it could be another year even before I am being able to go out and go to conferences and go to book festivals, I was trying to look for a way that I could really engage with the reading and writing community. Now, I know, you know, Facebook and all that is there with their groups and everything, but I was really wanting to find a a place that was just all romance all the time. And there are some really excellent websites out there offering a variety of different romance information. Lots of great review sites, lots of fun podcasts that also cover a lot of reviews, do author interviews and things like that. But I really couldn't find anything that had all of it all in one place. And so that is why I decided to start swoonworthyhea.com because it would be a place where people who love to read romance would be able to come. You can start your own group around whatever romance topic you like. Maybe you have a favorite genre or a favorite author. You can join other groups that other readers may have joined. It's also a place where authors can come to interact with readers as well 
well as share their favorite reading. And in fact, whether you're a reader or an author, you can create your own blog. So you could have your own book blog or you could have your own author blog there. But beyond that, I really have a vision of this site doing a whole lot more. I'd love to host as early as February SwoonCon, which I hope will be a virtual romance book festival. I'm really excited about that idea, even though I haven't fleshed it out hardly at all. Uh, This podcast, obviously, is part of that. I have giveaways Uh, and just a whole host of cool and fun things that I would love to see going on over at swoonworthyhea.com. I really would love to see it be the place romance readers and writers go to connect with their community uh, for all sorts of things, reviews, podcasts, free books, all sorts of stuff. So I hope that you will please check it out. It is brand new, so it is quite small. But again, it'll be a a great community. uh, And I would love for you to be part of making it grow into something fantastic. This podcast is an extension of that. Uh, It allows me to talk with my friend Ellen on occasion about things like the stigma of romance. I do plan to have author interviews. One thing I found when I was listening to other podcasts is many of the romance podcasts are a lot centered around reviews, which I think are really awesome, but I'm hoping to offer even more than that. So just talking about romance and fiction, in my mind, I'm envisioning being at a book event, sitting with you over coffee, or maybe even a cocktail, and we're talking about books that we enjoy, but also the parts of romance that we enjoy, or maybe we don't enjoy. Uh, Coming up in a few weeks, uh, you'll hear a conversation Ellen and I have about our pet peeves in romance, and apparently she thinks I have a lot of them. Um, But you can be the judge for yourself when that comes up. I also have interviews with readers and authors about different genres. With Halloween coming, I have um, two uh, readers and authors of paranormal romance who will be talking to us about paranormal romance, what they do, what they love. And if you're not a paranormal romance reader, I'm hoping to get some information from them on what would be the best books to start with if you were interested in reading that genre and hadn't yet. So there's big plans for both this podcast and both swinworthyhea.com. And I really, really hope that it's going to be something that you, assuming you enjoy reading or writing romance, will continue to uh, come and visit and listen to and enjoy as well. So now that you have an idea about why this podcast and why swoonworthyhea.com and what you can expect in the future. Let's go and listen to my conversation with Ellen Butler about the stigma of romance. Welcome to Illicit Liaisons, the podcast where we cover the good, the bad, and the naughty of romance fiction. I'm Jenna Hart. And I'm Ellen Butler. And if you're ready, let's talk about illicit liaisons. Ellen, how are you doing these days? Stuck at home. I know. 
it's something very new for me to be home all the time, even with the family. So we go a little stir crazy, I think, like others, but I think we're hanging in there okay. What about you? You know, you think you have all this time to do stuff, you know, like declutter your house or read more or learn a hobby. Although I did, I watched you on Facebook with your daily dues. Oh, my hairstyles. Mm -hmm. I did enjoy watching those. You're, you're so clever. I didn't do anything nearly as interesting as that. I, I've been reading more, been writing a lot, and that's about it. Pretty, pretty boring stuff. Yeah, when they first canceled school uh, or sent the kids home for school, I was really doing a lot of homeschooling. Uh, I have a special needs son, so he needed my one-on-one -on -one attention, and I really didn't have much time to do after that. And I think I kind of went into... Um, like a crisis type of mode and that I was not very creative at all. But finally when school ended and I was worried because I had no interest in writing or anything, luckily my latest novel was complete and at the editors, so I wasn't writing anything new. But finally in June, it started coming to me the next novel, next two novels actually. So they're finally coming again and I'll be ready to start writing um, probably at the end of August. What about you? Like I said, you have all this time and you've always thought if I had more time, I would do this. And that just hasn't happened. And I've tried to figure out, is it just because this whole, the whole world feels so heavy and mm -hmm. kind of dark and scary that it's hard to have, you know, the energy to do, I don't know, but I, d I have picked up my reading a lot and I've been reading a lot of rom-coms because they're light and they're funny. And I was like, you know, I want to write one of those. So that of course has been added to the list someday down the line but um but yeah it's strange times we live in i wonder how long it will be before we start seeing novels you know that, <laughs> that incorporate something around the the pandemic you know maybe not now because we're living in it but you know in, maybe in a few years we'll start to see um i think we're going to start seeing stuff next year i actually have some friends who write mystery and they are already talking about rolling it in there i do not have plans to roll it into my next mystery um but i think it'll be interesting when i write it i may be writing it like post covid like we're we're not wearing masks all the time and the right thread is not so near um yeah. but i may reference it i think what do you what do you think do you think you'll reference it or write in it within i it? don't know i guess it just depends on what the story is i mean mm -hmm. most of the things i'm thinking about now it just it doesn't isn't a fit it just doesn't fit with what i need to do but you know i i wouldn't rule it out because you could create some interesting stuff i mean actually in romance because you're trapped well, in <laughs> you have to say, you know, you're sheltered in place, although it's still kind of <laughs> scary. You know, it's kind of a heavy topic still, you know, to be mm -hmm. stuck. But yeah, I've wondered how many children are going to be born, <laughs> you know, nine months from now. <laughs> I think in the next uh, nine to 18 months, um, we're going to be seeing a new, a mini boom, and we're going to call those coronials. Oh, I love it. I love that. I love that. Well, you know, that's the thing, you know, about being in a pandemic. It's it's just, I mean, I, I feel like my life has been turned upside down, you know, even though it hasn't changed. I mean, I didn't go anywhere much before, but it just does feel like totally, completely upside down. <laughs> like, I just don't even know. I, I remember asking my parents, like, you know, how, how do we do that? And they're like, I don't know. I've never lived through a pandemic before. <laughs> 
I'm like, and then he had like, like this happened to you before. My my stepmom was like, well, I remember polio, you know, but that's not great to say, you know. So, so anyway, like I said, one of the things I've been doing is I've been totally reading a lot, and I have missed so much being able to go out and talk with other writers and and go to writing stuff and not my you know missing my critique group and everything. And so I'm so glad we're here to talk about books and writing and all that kind of stuff. My I am too. Crime Ellen. <laughs> I know. Our our sister our, our friends in, in crime, yeah. <laughs> so today today we're actually gonna be talking about the stigma of reading and writing romance. Um because you know when I first started reading and writing romance, there is sort of like I didn't want to tell people because they get this look on their faces. But when I really sat down to think about it, I was like, what is that all about? You know, so like, you know, people hiding their romance books mm -hmm. in a folder on their Kindle that says, you know, like Faulkner or Jane Austen or something. So nobody knows they've got their naughty reads on there, um, you know, or they're embarrassed to say, you know, I'm reading a romance or I'm writing a romance. I know for a long time, sometimes still, you know, what do you write? I often lead with mystery. Right. You know? Because, you know, the minute you say romance, they're sort of like this, oh, that, you know. <laughs> and I'm, my question is, like, why is society so down on romance? Because if you think about what people pursue in life, you know, they, they have to be able to live and have a home and they have to eat. But nearly everybody also wants to be in love and have a family and all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. it's pretty high in the hierarchy of what people strive for. So I thought it would be interesting to kind of talk about like, what what is that about that, you know, the minute you say romance and it's, and you know, it's not just men, although it's mostly men, um, but women, there are women too, who just sort of, you know, put their nose up at romance. Uh, curious, like what are some of the things you think? Yeah. So when I, uh, my first book, my first novel that I wrote was actually a women's fiction, but there was, there's a, there's a romance that runs through a love story that runs throughout it. Uh, but we're more focused on the woman and her story and, and there's a lot of suspense in it as well. Uh, but then my next trilogy was were romances and yeah, I found when I would go to signings and things like that, like there are certain areas I live in the DC area and I don't do any romance signings up here because I don't find them to sell popularly at, events at signing events and that sort of thing and there's a lot of snobbery i guess you could call it uh around romance i mean people roll their eyes and they say oh are you writing the next 50 shades of gray and no i'm not i you know 50 shades i think is more on the erotica range of romance and yeah. say no i don't write that i write you know a little bit less of that sort of thing and more of the romance and the relationship and but yeah, I still find it. And even people today, it's funny when I, I'll sit down with my girlfriends and ask what they're reading. And sometimes they're reading once in a while, they'll be reading romance. But in this area too, I find a lot of people, I don't know if they like to keep up with it, with, with things or, but they're always reading these kind of highbrow, whatever the mainstream uh, bestseller is that's going on, I guess to stay in that. Or I have a lot of friends who shockingly don't read at all. Um, I, I find that sad because I'm such a huge reader. I'm a voracious reader, at least when I have the time, so that I'm surprised when people tell me, oh, I don't read. And I'm just, I'm taken aback and I 
well, what do you do? And, and, you know, they have other things going on, especially when you have little kids and that sort of thing. They don't always have time to do that. But I there, I think there is a lot of negativity pointed at romance. What, what do you think, Jenny? I mean, you write in it, too, and you've sold it. And yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking, remember when we were down in Roanoke and we shared a table because mm -hmm. I was like to share a table with Ellen <laughs> when we go to events. And, you know, people come by and you have this at all events where there's a mix of books that you're allowed to have a mix of books. And, you know, you ask people, what do you like to read? And they'll say everything. And then they'll say, well, except romance. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they'll say it in a way that's like, except romance, you know, like, you know, like it's icky. <laughs> well, or like you, or, or, or you think that, well, they're really reading it, but they're reading it like in the bathroom or in yeah, their closet. Yeah, hiding <laughs> it. They don't want anybody to know. Um, and, you know, that's sort of what on me to talk about this because it's just like it's the only genre that really seems to have that attitude. And I really, it's like, why are people down on love? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, I think, I think there's a lot of different things about it, you know, and because different, like if you ask people like, well, what's wrong with romance? You know, sometimes they'll be like, well, it's just a lot of fluff and no substance. And it's like, you read for entertainment, right? And, um, right. You know, and I mean, I understand, you know, some people, like there's some things I don't like to read, you know, mm -hmm. I can't think of anything right now, but you know, there might, there's some genre that maybe I don't like to read. But I don't dismiss it as being bad or icky or whatever. Right. Um, so there's a difference between saying, oh, I just don't, you know, I just don't like to read romances versus romance, you know, having that kind of snobby um, attitude toward it. But I also wonder if, um, you know, sometimes you'll hear things like, well, you know, it's unrealistic or the things that they're telling, you know, that they suggest to women, you know, about having to have a man or whatever. And it becomes clear to me they don't read the modern day right. romance because, you know, the the bodice rippers and, and all that crazy, you know, that you don't do that anymore. You, you couldn't even get away with it anymore. You know, well, yeah, no one's going to buy it. No yeah. publishing house, publishing houses don't really buy that anymore. I mean, I'm sure you yeah. could independently put that out, but yeah, you're right. Um, we don't see that. We see smarter romances. We see smarter women. We see more equal relationships in pursuit of the love story and that sort of thing. So yeah, I think there is kind of a misnomer in that. You know, it's this old-fashioned, like you said, bodice ripper. Um, yeah. And I, I think that. Um, discounting it is just i think kind of an old-fashioned thought unto itself yeah um, it's funny because I've, I've also read romances that are that kind of cross those genre lines i just think if it had been marketed differently it would you know they're they'd be huge sellers if they were marketed in the other genre lines that they cross and then people wouldn't even realize they're also reading a romance right it's like we're sneaking sneaking in some sneaking in some love stories and most of the best stories also, I mean, because even a lot of my mystery writers and, and things will write a love story within it, within their mysteries as well. Right. I think, you know, most of the books I read, the women, they don't need the man, but by the end they've made the choice to be with him, right? So it's right. not like they're being saved or that they feel whole and complete and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's you know, finding somebody that, 
you know, shares their values or, you know, just like in the real world. But, you know, again, that whole, well, it's not real to me is crazy too, because it's like most, it's fiction, which by definition is not real, right? Right. And, you know, there's no such thing as dragons or witches or vampires, (laughs) vampires where we'll, you know, um, you know, we're not flying around in space, you know, and living in space. We do fly around in space, but we're not living in space so much like, and, you know, but nobody says, you know, that Stephen King book about, you know, the kid that can start fires, you know, nobody says that's crazy or, um, you know, George R. R. Martin shouldn't finish his book because dragons aren't real. To me, that's that's sort of a, a misnomer. And the and then there's sort of this idea, well, giving women the wrong messages. You know, it sort of dismisses how smart women are. Mm-hmm. And and in fact, in this book, I did. I finished this book last night, um, which is the Bromance Book Club by Lissa K. Adams. Now you said you met her, right? Yeah. uh, I can't remember which conference it was, but yeah, she, I guess she's from Michigan. Um, But this is a book about men who read romances to understand women better Mm -hmm. and and what, and what they need in a relationship because men and women communicate differently. And there is this, at one point they put their kids in front of the TV to watch the little mermaid. And um, one of the men in the group is, you know, say, saying exactly what we're saying now. Like, that's giving the wrong message to women that they have to change in order to win a man and all this stuff. And one of the men says, and I want to read it here, and I think we're okay because it's, you know, fair use and all that. <laughs> but the quote is, we shouldn't assume that women and girls don't know the difference between reality and fantasy. We don't fear that men who read murder mysteries and thrillers are going to have a hard time not becoming serial killers. So why would we assume that a girl won't know that she doesn't have to change from a mermaid to a human in order to find love just because of a movie? That's a great quote. Yeah. I just bought the book. Since you recommended it to me, I just bought the book. And so I look forward to reading that. And um, yeah, that's a really interesting and very true quote. How do we write? We expect that women and children understand what's real and what is not real. And in a way, it's funny even thinking about this, but, you know, for the most part, the pornography industry is a fantasy as well, you know, in the, in the, the magazines yeah. and that sort of thing. I mean, men don't really think that these, you know, the copy guy comes and they're suddenly going get to de- get to town on the copy machine and that sort of thing, right? right? So, you know, in a way, the, the romance is, that fantasy for for the women and we realize that it's not always real but we also realize now that it's a little more the women are smarter and like we said earlier and and i guess you know maybe the the idea of you know men might feel like well women expect me to be you know this hero or this whatever so maybe they feel put upon to have to be like that but you know i mean we're not that dumb I don't necessarily have men rescuing my women in my romances, especially my romantic suspense. I mean, sometimes they come in after a lot of the action's gone down. The woman's already taking care of business. Or they say these things or have these grand gestures. But, you know, there's plenty of men who do do that. And, you know, I mean, but I I don't know that women go into relationships expecting some sort of grand gesture 
Um, I, men listening to this would probably say, you know, oh, she's going to want a fancy ring and a big thing or whatever. But, you know, a lot of men who do that, I think they like doing some of that. Like when you mm -hmm. ask a, a proposal story or something and you see what the men have done, I think they really are wanting to do that. You know, I don't think they're just like, well, she, I have to do this crazy thing, you know, for her. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe a man will listen to this and they'll tell me, <laughs> tell me otherwise. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I think sometimes people just don't understand. Like, and even today, the historical novel, you know, the novels that are written in history, but they're written today. I think we see women who, I, I just read one where she did, she wasn't, an, you know, rich or anything. So she did have a vocation. She mm -hmm. didn't need a man. She did have to work <laughs> and she did have to be careful about her reputation because back then, you know, women had to, to do that. But, you know, she was quite independent and didn't need him and was quite happy to tell him, you know, the truth about things <laughs> that he needed to hear. Um, you know, the novel's written a long time ago, maybe, especially those bodice rippers. I could see that, you know, people would be like, well, that's bad, but that's not what they are today. Well, yeah, I definitely think that things are written during a certain period of time and, you know, you have a culture, you have societal norms going on at that, and that's when they're written. I think someone who was ahead of her time was actually Jane Austen when we talk about her, which we've talked about in the past. Um, you know, some of hers was very tongue in cheek with these, the romances that she had, the love story that she has going through her storyline that it, it almost kind of makes fun of itself occasionally. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I really think that Austin was was well ahead of her time. Yeah. And a lot of times, um, you know, she does have at the very end her her hero and heroine get together and everything like that. But there's often a realization on both sides. There's a growth and a realization that we have to be a little more equal, even though it was different during those time periods. Um, you know, the other thing I think is that people don't really know the scope of romance books. I mean, I think of all the genre, mm -hmm. romance probably encompasses more different kinds of people and subgenres than than other genres. You know, I mean, I agree. you can have something dark, you can have something light, it can have vampires in it or not. You know, it can be in the past, it can be yep. in the future, it can have, you know, you can There's have intercultural yeah. you can have interspecies you know? i mean they're just <laughs> i i mean there's really there's just a vast vast array of you know and then of course when you get to sexy bits there's you know some don't have any at all right so you have your really like, christian can you know your christian ones definitely don't have any of that you know kissing is the most that they do and right. uh and then you know you go with the other spectrum erotica which is a little more focused on the sex than it is on the romance i think but and then you have a lot in between and like you were saying you have the you have the sci-fi fantasy and we have the romantic suspense so we might have mystery involved in it we might have psychological thriller aspects to the romance we might have any number of different genres to be in the subgenre of the romance so you know it is very diverse um, I actually wrote down, I looked up some uh, numbers, which we, you know, we were talking about. So I found some that, uh, some information that was in 2019, 2017 to 2019, romance and erotica were the top selling sectors of the book market and brought in over, in 2017, uh, a billion and a half. That's just in U.S. sales. So that's not even international sales. 
Um, and it cover and it, romance itself covers over 27% of the market share among the genres. Now, I will say that some of those large New York Times bestseller, including Nora Roberts, get pulled out of that and put, get put into general fiction because they're bestsellers. But in reality, in, if she's not writing under J.D. Robb, she, she generally falls in the romance category, but her numbers tend to get pulled out and put into general fiction. So when you pull those, some of those folks out and put them into the romance sector, it encompasses even more, even larger. Um, I read that in 2017, one out of every two mass market paperbacks were sold would, were romance books. Those are big numbers. And 70% of the ebooks bought in 2017 were romance or erotica. I don't know if how those numbers have changed in the past few years, but I imagine they've, they've stayed similarly the same. When you go to general fiction, that's a, that's a big one. But the only other focused genre would be uh, the mystery genre that also, that also has big numbers. And when you combine mystery and thriller, they actually get closer to the romance numbers to, as a joint, you know, suspense, thriller, mystery. If you combine those together, you tend to get a closer there. I think they come in at $1.7 billion. So, you know, mystery, thrillers suspense and romance all seem to be big things and we all realize like you said earlier that this isn't reality and we're not going to become serial killers and we also realize that the romance is you know kind of a fantasy but it, it's uplifting I think that's part of it if you're not reading dark romance in particular I think women also enjoy reading it having that escapism and having that uplift to know that there's going to be a happily ever after which is no guarantee in a mystery or thriller sometimes things go south <laughs> yeah yeah, and I don't know. It, it could be a, a a women thing, a gender thing that that women are interested in relationships maybe more mm -hmm. than men. I mean, I like to read a good mystery. I like to read a good whodunit, and and um, I haven't lately because you know death and dying. I, <laughs> right now, I, I I'm more interested in something more humorous and. Um, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe that's a factor in terms of, you know, more women probably read romance than men. Um, but it doesn't mean it should be dismissed. You know, more men may read, you know, noir or something, but that doesn't right. mean women are going to go around and be like, oh, noir, you know, and pinch their nose. <laughs> right. You know, noir, it's just, you know, people like what they like. And actually the book, the Bromance Book Club, there's a quote in there too, where, um, the men are sort of talking about if it's something that women really like, it, it's just sort of dismissed. And, and there, you know, there could be something about that, it could, you know, and maybe, maybe this will evolve. But it's interesting to me, you know, a lot, especially the rom-coms are being made into movies and things. So, mm -hmm. you know, people don't, maybe don't want to read them because it's a romance, but they, you know, maybe they're they watch them movies, you know, have, I mean, I'm sure there are men who watch Love Actually or Bridget Jones or any of those, which, you know, are, have a, are all about relationships, <laughs> you know, which is really what a romance is too. So, well, yeah. I think I have to look it up, but if I recall, Love Actually was written by a man. Valentine's Day, I think that was another one that might've been done by the same group. Um, but yeah, I think those might've been written I think the screenplays might have been written by men. I have to look that up to be sure. But um, yeah, you're absolutely right. And more of these uh, books are being purchased, you know, for these for the streaming and the Hulu. Mm -hmm. And clearly, uh, Hallmark is, you know, huge with the romance. And come Christmas time, with all their ro Christmas romances and everything. Oh <laughs> 
I mean, I've seen women who are just addicted, but I think you said something a little bit earlier that it's dismissed, you know, women enjoy it, it's dismissed. Um, and I think that is more of a historical thing because definitely back in the day, romances were written for women and women read that and men did, just simply didn't have time for those kind of frilly, fluffy types of things. You know, they're too busy doing business. Well, now women are in business now, we're working and we're, you know, solving the world's problems as well. But, you know, we still enjoy having that escape and having a little bit of freedom yeah. to enjoy something like that. The lightness. I think I wrote a blog a couple of years ago about what do you want people to get out of it? And one of my main points for me, at least, was, well, I want people to be entertained. That's why I'm writing these, to entertain people. I want people to have a little bit of that time to escape. You know, the world has become such a heavy place, not just be not just because of COVID. Before that, there were, there are always political issues or societal issues going on in the world. And people are working at harder jobs. We have two families working. There's always hunger and, you know, things like that going on, especially with the 24-hour news cycle. So we're getting hammered with it on social media and 24-hour news cycles and that sort of thing. So part of what I like, enjoy writing is I hope that you get that escape is I hope that you are entertained so that you can just be taken away for a little bit from your own personal worries and your own difficulties in life. And maybe it'll just give you an uplift. Like you mentioned earlier, you were reading rom-coms to get that uplift to get away from the stress of the COVID. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Just, and, and I, you know, uh, my daughter reads a lot of rom-coms now. That's pretty much all she reads. She doesn't read sort of the other stuff that I do, but we've now, we've read some of the same books now so we can talk about them so happy for that <laughs> i've just missed talking about books and um so i was talking to her about the grand gesture and she actually called it the grand gesture and i was all excited that she knew you know what that was and mm -hmm. and you know for me it made me think my favorite part i love the emotional roller coaster that romances have i am a total diehard romantic i i mean i i really love that and so for me the favorite parts of the book are like the black moment you know it's like oh no it's all <laughs> it's over um and then the grand gesture all the way down to the happily ever after you know i just those are the kind of the bits i love i love i love gestures you know mm -hmm. i just you know the mushier the better which is exactly what i think people you know that dismiss romance that's those are the parts they probably hate the most right <laughs> are those mushy mushy you know but um i mean i'm just uh, you know i'm a marshmallow when it comes to that stuff it's just it's, you're a romantic yeah I am, I am and you know it's funny i didn't start reading romances until i actually had kids um mm. you know i didn't read a lot growing up and then when i did i read a lot of stephen king and it was oh, really okay. weird that that is the case because i've always been like this you know the movies and shows that i liked my favorite characters were always one in which there was some sort of romantic relationship going on and you know i mean i watched soap operas for a long time just you know because they would, oh, they, they would frustrate me because you know finally your couple gets together and then like the next day something goes wrong and it's like can't they be happy for a minute <laughs> No, because then they can't write any more plot lines for the soaps. <laughs> um, but, you know, I love that stuff. And, and you know, I guess maybe it's offensive to me that people are like, well, that's 
that's not important. I'm like, it is important. Love is important. You know, I mean, and if you look again, like who doesn't want to be in love? And, you know, mm-hmm. if, if we go with the, you know, we talked about the sales of romance books that they're very high and, mm-hmm. and you had mentioned, you know, there's uh, men out there that watch porn. So we know sex sells. Right. So why, you know, I mean, not all romances have that. Many of them do. But, you know, if that's the case, if everybody wants love and everybody likes, you know, those other parts, why is it so dismissed? It's one thing to say, I just don't enjoy those stories. But I mean, it really is sort of looked down on like it's gutter or something. I don't know. But I hope when, you know, we when this podcast comes out that people um, give us some feedback on their thoughts on that question. Absolutely. Totally. And, and, and are they, do they hide their romances? <laughs> you know, right? or are they a writer afraid to, you know, I, I met a writer once who used a pen name because her family told her they didn't want people to know she did that. <laughs> So, yeah, I'd be curious, you know, are there any loud and proud reader writers of romance out there, you know? Um, I was asked, actually, I was asked when I started writing romance if I was going to use a pseudonym. Um, And I I had one already I'm thinking about using. Uh, And then I just decided, why would I do that? If I'm going to write this, I'm going to be proud to have, you know, put this out there. And books, all sorts of genres and books, period, are different people like different things. That's why we have different flavors of ice cream. And some people are going to like it and some people don't. And the one thing that I can't control is whether or not you are going to like it, uh, whether or not you're going to like the genre. And so it being so such a subjective thing, I'm never overly offended when people say, oh, well, I didn't care for your book. I'm okay with that because we like different things. Yeah, in life. And I don't like any romance I read either, so, you know. There are a number of New York Times bestsellers that I've read that I could not stand. I'm not going to go into what they are yeah, yeah. here, but... Maybe um, soon we can do a show on our the books we didn't like. <laughs> no, but I, I just, you know, and, and it isn't always that the writing may have been, wasn't horrible or anything like that, but the storylines itself, I, you know, I couldn't, I can to come to mind. I'm not going to say what they are, but I just could not stand them. But, you know, you talk to other people and they loved them. I've read some things from my book club that I couldn't stand. And the rest of the girls, you know, in my book club loved it. And that's fine. You know, like I said, and, and I always get something out of the book, even if I can't stand it, there's always a little something that you get out of it. But, um, I started a book recently that, um, the first chapter I was just like, I'm not feeling this. You know, I just thought she was a little too, too much, too something. I don't know. So I put it down and then I picked up this bromance book and I was like, I'll go back to it later. You know, maybe it just caught me in a bad moment or something, but I, I'm not afraid to put a book down that I don't like. I, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people who you know, force myself to read it, but I used know, to, that's I, a good point. Cause I used to do that when I was in my twenties, I would force myself to finish this book. I'm like, Oh, it's a horrible book. I'd finish it. However, as I grew older and my time became shorter and I have family and everything like that, if I can't get into the book in the first three chapters, I'm putting it down. I will force myself to get further through a book uh, for a book club because that's a group, you know, participation activity. But even some of those I have not finished. I'll get to the book club and I'll be like, look, I couldn't finish this book. Just tell me how it ended and we'll talk about it. Thank God for the Uh, Internet. You can look it up probably. (laughs) Get the cliff notes. So. 
yeah, that's our thoughts on um, why people don't like romance. Something wrong with people who don't like romance. No, I won't say that. They'll get offended. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> so it sounds like we're wrapping up. Uh, I just want to invite everyone to join uh, the conversation by visiting swoonworthy, H-E-A.com slash podcast to find this show and share your thoughts. What are your biggest or why do you think, what is the stigma of romance, reading, and writing? Yeah, I want to know. <laughs> we want to know. We want to know. We want to know. And we're going to be back again soon. What are we talking about next time, Ellen? Pet peeves. Our Ooh. romantic pet peeves. Jenna has quite a few. <laughs> I do. I am a picky reader. After all that, I'm a very picky reader. I'm a very picky reader. So, all right. We hope you'll enjoy this and come back and be sure to subscribe and leave a review.